Sally Lucas, we are talking travel, but we might be going to a coolish place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it certainly is, particularly in the winter months, Jane. Um, And I'm talking Norway. And the reason I decided to talk about Norway today was we were lucky enough to squeeze a trip in there just before COVID hit us, uh, just two and a half years ago, I suppose now, November, be three years. And I have a friend who's also been in the travel industry and not working it anymore, but she's planning a holiday. And it just brought it all back to me because I've been helping her plan her trip, you know, and it's just, I thought, wow, it was such a beautiful experience to go there that if you haven't done it, it is considered, you know, I think, if not the most, certainly one of the most beautiful coastlines in the world, but I'd go so far as to say the most. Um, I guess because you've just got so many fjords, like it's got the most fjords in the world. It's, mm. it, I mean, it's got, I think, around about 1,200 or something like that. In, well, when you've got a coast called Fjordland or an area called yes, Fjordland. Yes, yes, of course. And in particular, Hertie Gruten, who does that coastal trip, it's it's really good to travel with them as opposed to, I suppose, I'm saying a normal cruise ship because they're a combined, you know, freight plus passengers and you can get any size vessel from a very small vessel to a larger vessel depending on what you prefer. We went on a, a medium sized vessel that didn't have too many passengers called the Polaris and um, you can do hop on hop off as well so you don't even have to do the whole trip in one go if you don't want to or you can do the 14 days which my friend is doing Bergen back to Bergen. We did the one way voyage which you can do either northbound or southbound Bergen to Kirkness or in the reverse um, and you don't realise and especially I didn't anyway when once you get up to Kirkness that how far north you are. Oh, a long way north. You know, you pass the Arctic Circle, the invisible Arctic Circle, which you cross, and there's a little sculpture on an island there that marks where you cross the Arctic Circle, which is just south of a town called Boda. And it's a, it's a lovely little town in itself, but so much of Norway is just so beautiful. Like, you, your eyes are out on sticks, I think, just about the whole time. Now, as I said, we went in November, which is probably a, a touch early, so we didn't really get to see the Nor- Northern Lights as much as we would have liked. Too, but they were having a very early start to the snow season, so there was a lot of cloud. Um, and so we saw snow instead, which was lovely because I'm not Beautiful. a person who goes to the snow normally, you know what I mean? It's, I'm a, a sun seeker, I suppose, um, having been to the Antarctic, I know, as everyone says, but I'm, other than that, like I don't go on snow holidays, if you know what I'm saying. So, you know, to walk around with it lightly snowing, I just thought it was beautiful. You know, you, you rug up accordingly. But, you know, there's so many beautiful towns and so much history, you know, your, your Viking history, etc. You know, it's fascinating stuff. But you've only got about 12 of these fjords that you can actually visit out of those 1,200-odd. Um, but, of course, the most, I guess, famous one is the Garanger Fjord, which is UNESCO-protected, etc., and it's about 15 kilometres long, filled with the most beautiful scenery, waterfalls and cliffs. And they used to... I couldn't believe it. They're, they're all deserted now, but they used to farm on these cliffs. And you look at them and think, how in hell's name did they farm? I mean, the the actual incline, the steepness, but they did. These people, they had to make a living somehow and they farmed. So, you know, it's quite quite incredible. And there's so much more to Norway than just the fjords, of course, but I guess that's one of your main attractions. But also the culture, the history, the Sami people, you know. So you, it's, Right it's, up the top. Right I think up, we used to call them Laps, didn't yes, we? And yeah, now we yeah, call yes, them Sami. Sami, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, it is just a beautiful, beautiful part of our, our world. And 
even a friend of ours that we met some years ago and still keep in touch with, he's from Sweden, but he still considers Norway the most beautiful of all the Scandinavian countries, even though he's Swedish. And he's done this particular trip twice with his mum and dad in summer and winter. And he said summer is astonishingly beautiful as well, which I can imagine it would be, of course, uh, to see it then, but it would be more crowded, of course. Mm, yeah, but it's a big country. It is. It is. 1,500-odd kilometres of coastline. So. Norway is a great place to visit mm. and uh, and plenty of uh, ferries and things to yeah, get you yeah, across yeah. waterways and, and, um, if you want talk, to do short trips. Yeah, and I'll talk a little bit more too because it's also quite famous for its spectacular train journeys or rail journeys. We all think of Switzerland maybe as the most spectacular, but you've got the equivalent in Norway as well. Your station to a new RFM. We're talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and Norway's such a good place. And there's more to say about it today, isn't there, Sally? Yes, there is, Jane. Uh, we actually flew into Oslo, which is obviously is the easiest port to fly into when you're going to Norway. And then the lovely thing you can do then is, before you do a cruise at this wonderful coastline we've been discussing today, and as I mentioned, in case you missed earlier, we can, you can do a hop-on, hop-off, or you can do a seven-day, one-way northbound or again southbound or you can do the classic round trip so there's lots of options for to do it and then the rail you can go by rail from Oslo to Bergen and what a pretty journey that is Um, you can also go on the flam which is an additional rail journey where you actually using um, train bus and ferry and it takes you it's a circuitous little route from Oslo to Bergen which takes a bit longer but you're getting to see all these different little quirky places along the way and it's a delightful journey and there's lots of other great rail journeys you can do in Norway as well as I said off air to Jane you know we think of Switzerland probably as one of the most you know scenic rail routes in the world but this is beautiful as well I can assure you but also the towns they're so interesting Bergen has got <laughs> the um, probably infamous name or record of being the wettest city in the world. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. And it did rain while we were there, actually, but um, it didn't rain in, you know, constantly, so that was fine. And, of course, you've got the beautiful there, you've got the, the Floibayan, I think it's pronounced, which is their funicular railway, which takes you up to top of this this mountain which overlooks Bergen. And we did it in the daytime. We said, oh, God, we've got to go back at night. And it was so spectacular to go back and look down over the whole surrounds at night time. And a lovely town, Bergen. It's a delightful town. And you can also go... Uh, which we went to was interesting, the Edvard Munch um, Art Gallery. Of course, he's famous for the scream. But when I looked at some of his other artwork, he started as a young man, these beautiful portraits of women and of flowers and nothing like the scream. So it was a most interesting gallery to see. And then as you go north, you're going up to Boda and before you get there, that's where you cross the Arctic Circle. But also near there, they've got that interesting um, maelstrom, as they call it, of their um, one of the few places in the world where they've got these seas, um, I don't know what you call it, these two, two different fjords drain into one another, basically, and it occurs four times every 24 hours. And that's fascinating if you want to have a look at that. And it's apparently it's 20 knots, it churns at, and it shifts over 400 million cubic metres of water one way than the other every six hours. And that's where we get our word maelstrom from. Yes, exactly, exactly. And when you go further north, of course, your Trondheim is lovely, and Tromsø, which is a fascinating town. And you, as I said, you Honigsvanger, then you finish in Kirkness, which is again fascinating because um, they were were more bombed than Dresden in the Second World War, which is something I didn't know about because I've never studied Scandinavian history or it wasn't covered in my curriculum at school anyway. So I learnt quite a lot. And you can go on a tour of the underground bunker there where all the women and children, everything was. It was fascinating. 
So there's so much you can do in, in Norway, you know, quite a variety. And whether you do it winter or summer, even these voyages, they operate year-round, daily, because they have to service all the little towns. So if you do the round trip, you actually go to different towns on the way back than you go up. So don't think you're doubling up. You're yeah. not. That's uh, good. And if you're there in summer, you see reindeer wandering all around near yes. the coast. They come yes. down for some green grass. <laughs> yes, and, and they have built this tunnel for the reindeer. Because they can't swim, or the babies can't swim, so they go across. I can't remember exactly where it was on the coastline now, but imagine us in Australia. We're lucky to build enough a tunnel for cars, let alone for animals. Oh, we do for possums. Oh, tunnels under yes. under the rivers? Yes. No, not under the rivers. No. Under the roads. No, under, under the, the expressways. Under the river. This is though, and they because the babies aren't strong enough to swim the channel so they go across have their babies and then they've got the tunnel to come home in oh, yeah. how lucky for them <laughs> yeah very nice <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay there's lots i could talk a lot more about norway but i think you know that'll give you an idea that it is a country that has has a lot to offer at any time of the year so just remember that and i just thought i'd quickly mention jane if i've got time that we've missed out on the last couple of uh, years it only is every two years anyway on the warbirds over wanaka but what's happening is next year they're doing a classic um, fighters tour of New Zealand is coming up and it's going to be held in Blenheim over four days and there is a tour you can do that will um, you know get you there to do that you're virtually flying into Auckland for a couple of nights down to Rotorua, Taupo, Napier, Hastings down to Wellington then across to Blenheim where you'll be based for the um, the four days and be provided with your air pass as part of the package and then you end up going down the Kaikoura coast to Christchurch before you fly home and that's um, next year and I think it's in April from memory as that one as well so just keep that in mind it's called the Yalen's um yeah fighter pilot or fight flight classic fighters tour classic so fighters yeah. yes so something that's special coming. about them it, it is they are fantastic to watch I must say Hot deals time as we talk travel on 2NURFM. Sally Lucas, where are we heading off to first? Uh, Jane, I'll just mention the Classic Fighters Tour. I said April next year. Well, it virtually is. It's the 31st of March is the actual departure. But they're incorporating the air show to be over the Easter period. So that's obviously we're having an earlier Easter next year. It's around probably around about the 6th of April. So that's that one. And um, it, it is an all-inclusive package. It's got lots of stuff in there, including visits to war museums, transport and technology, aviation, Vintage Railway, a Hobbiton movie set tour. Um, you know, there's lots and lots of inclusions in there as well as your air pass for that. So just to keep you in mind. So that's the 31st of March and that's... Um from under $6,000, but it's got a heck of a lot of inclusions in it, including your three-day goal pass for the actual air show. Also, um, at the moment, there is a reduction on touring New Zealand as well, other coach touring, the normal classic group touring where you can get 19-day itineraries, a couple of different 19-day itineraries that travel from this year through to next year, 2022 into 23, where it's savings of up to $600 per couple. And on shorter tours like your sort of 9, 10, 11-day tours of the North and South, Islands, you can get savings of up to $400 per couple on those at the moment. It's just as long as they're available, just to get in early to take advantage of that. We were talking, of course, the um, beautiful follow following the lights or, you know, hopefully following the lights, maybe if you're going to do it at that time of the year. And there is a package at the moment for that where you will get a $500 onboard credit per cabin. And this is a small group tour journey, which is doing the, the hopefully, as I said, the wonderful Northern Lights as they dance across the sky for you. And there's packages included with tours of Oslo, Bergen, Helsinki and Tallinn in here as well. Husky and reindeer experiences and also insight into Sami culture. So that's a lovely itinerary as well. Well, now you can 
that one with that offer of the $500 um, on the cabin. It's valid up until the 31st of May until sold out prior. And it's an 18-day itinerary from September through to March next year. And it's really good value. That's just under $8,000. But that's got, again, you've got to remember on your cruise, you've got all your meals, etc., etc. Mm. And also just recently, you know, we know cruising started again. So Ponant was the lovely French vessels with the... To celebrate their return, they were the first international vessel to start cruising in Australia, and in Western Australia of all places. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> but to celebrate their return, they've got a lot of lovely cruises. And with Ponant, what happens with them is they have, instead of having early bird fares, they start with a 25% off discount. So the earlier you book, depending on the availability of cabins, you'll get 25. Then as they sell out, it might drop to 20. Then it might drop to 15, then to 10. So it's a sliding scale. And obviously, the earlier you get in, you know, the better. But they're cruising all around the Kimberley region, as I've said to you, plus they're also doing Tasmania, Melanesia, which includes New Guinea, etc. as well. Um, they have a rebook or cancel without charge up to 30 days before departure, which is good. Uh, very high protocols, as they all do now, as far as sanitation on board, etc. So just keep that in mind. They're, they're beautiful vessels. And also Holland America Line at the moment have got a reduced deposit of only $99 per person, reduced fares, shore excursions included, special drink passages, special uh, specialty dining, free Wi-Fi on a range of their European, Alaskan, Asia, Australia and New Zealand cruises. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot happening there, Jane. So yeah, as usual, we're gradually getting all sorts of lovely things popping back into the marketplace. Plenty of choice. That's lovely. It whets the appetite. It certainly it? does. Ah, and we will talk travel again. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. Uh, next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.